Hello, you are listening to Getting After Lefty, starring Gary Gatehouse, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have good questions on the show, like... Uh, Mr. Obama, sir, I have a, just a quick question, if I can. Um, I was wondering, you know, just uh, where... Uh, where the hell is your birth certificate? Hey, here it is, Monday again, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. I'm your host, Gary Gatehouse, exercising my First Amendment right. Getting after lefty. Yeah, we got a great lineup today. Great show coming uh, your way, all the way from South Texas, USA. Hope you folks had a great weekend. I did a little barbecuing and working on my new project, working on an old Dodge pickup, short bed, V8, automatic, getting her all ship shape and ready to go so I can uh, lay down some new paint on the old, old girls, 1983 model, picked her up for, picked her up for little or nothing, I figure I'll dump a couple of grand in it and have a good time while I'm doing it, you know ladies and gentlemen, that so-called debate was, uh, I don't know, I don't even what to call it. It wasn't a debate. Mudslinging contest. Pointing fingers at each other. Who knows what the hell it was. But probably you could boil it down into there was two individuals up there that were trying to save their ass. Trying to do anything they could. Throwing stuff on the wall to see if it'll stick, accusations, whatever. Because they know they're both in big time trouble. They could see Super Tuesday looming up there on the political radar screen. And the numbers they were reading, they just didn't like. They just couldn't figure it out. Why so many people would go after and support and fall in line with a complete political outsider. Somebody wasn't even into politics. Somebody that uh, didn't help build their little ivory towers inside the beltway. Somebody who had no reason to have his hat and ring. He's just an ordinary American citizen. What the hell is he doing here? He shouldn't be here. This is our territory. Not his but you see, the American people don't see it that way. They look at it 180 degrees out of phase with Congress, inside the Beltway pundits, the mainstream media, all those that built their little ivory towers, all those folks that worked tirelessly over the years to hoodwink the American people, all those folks that reported to the American people what they called the news, which was more no more than politics, Described as a news. No more than propaganda, misinformation, and disinformation that the mainstream media marched diligently with and upheld and spewed talking points of both Democrats and Republicans. And the status quo? Why, they walked around and they said, well, this is going to be a breeze. We're going to get one of our boys up there Elected uh, on the Republican side, then we can go after Ms. Hillary. Let's see here. Jeb Bush, that'd be our boy. Well, Jeb Bush fell flat on his face. Nobody wants a Bush in office anymore. 
Nobody wants to listen to Jeb Bush. And Jeb Bush walked away with his tail between his legs. So next on the horizon was Marco Rubio. The young man from Florida. The man that you can pull a string and he will spew five to ten minutes of political inside the beltway talking points BS at a drop of a hat. That's our guy. He can hoodwink the American people. He's young, articulate. That's the man. We'll pick him. Jeb, but then he didn't work. Come on, Rubio. You're our next guy in line. Mr. Gang of Eight. Well, that ain't working out too well either. So you get two renegades really left. Two rebel rousers. Two people that stand outside the gates looking in, if you will, of the status quo waving back at them. One of them still attached to Congress. He's a senator. And he can talk all he wants about being a renegade and a rebel. In some cases, maybe he is. But he's still a United States senator, and he is still a lawyer and a politician. That don't bode well these days when you start throwing those types of titles up in front of the American people. We've been burnt too much by many of the same types of people with the same types of resumes. We don't want to sign on with people that walk around with a resume like Ted Cruz has, like Marco Rubio has, like John Kasich has. No, no, those resumes don't count. They don't resonate with we the people. Now, they resonate with dyed-in-the-wool, hard-nosed, I'll vote for a dog, whatever, as long as he's part of the political insiders, Republicans. They'll support anybody. Americans, how many times, you Republicans out there, how many times in the past have you been told, by the inside the Beltway cartel, by those folks that run the Republican Party, the leadership, the Republican National Committee. How many times have you been told in decades past up until, hell, this election, including this election, this is our guy, this is the guy we're going to anoint, and he is going to be the one that is going to go to the top of the heap. And he's the one that the RNC and you Republicans out there are going to back because we picked him. Not you the people. We picked him. The RNC picked him. He's our guy. And in the past, we were told by Republicans, Republican supporters, voters, Oh, we can't vote for anybody else. We got to hold our nose. We got to vote for McCain. We got to vote for jo- uh, Dole. We got to vote vote for uh, Mitt Romney. We got to hold our nose and vote for him. We know a lot of you don't out- like him out there, but that's who the RNC says we have to vote for. So we got to vote for him. You know, there comes a time in American history. There comes a time in America itself when two political parties are both screwing us and have been. They're all both, they're both in bed together along with the mainstream media. Have been for decades upon decades. There's only been a few glitches 
in the run-up to the presidency over the last, oh, 60, 70 years, modern era, that the RNC and the DNC just did not like. Jimmy Carter comes to mind for the DNC. Nobody wanted Jimmy Carter, but the Democrats wanted him. The people wanted him. Ronald Reagan comes to mind in the RNC, the Republican National Committee. They sure, damn sure didn't want Ronald Reagan. And they tried every damn thing they could to stop him. Called him names. Made fun of him. Called him an outsider. But that's who the people went with. Ronald Reagan went on to be one of the best, if not the best, representative of the Republican Party and we the people in modern era. But you see, the people inside the Beltway, the RNC and the DNC, Republican National Committee, the Democrat National Committee, Committee, all their pundits, the mainstream media, all those folks that make a living off of reading tea leaves and crystal balls and cat intros or whatever, they've got their little niches. They've got their little ivory towers. And they don't want anybody messing with it. They don't want anybody throwing rocks in the pond and causing ripples. No, no, you can't do that. This is how I make a living. Lying to some people, taking lies and spinning them into truth, truth into lies. This is how we make a living. You can't be doing and messing with that. Well, along comes Donald Trump. And my God, you think the world was coming to an end. Those people were standing up there in their ivory, t- ivory towers looking down and they say, my God, Donald Trump has thrown his hat and ring. He'll fade within a couple of weeks. He's just a jokester out there. He's not really serious. We don't have to worry about him. Come on, Jeb, why God, we got you all lined up. Well, as we know now, Donald Trump wasn't messing around. Donald Trump threw his hat in the ring because he was sick and tired of the American people being screwed and him standing there and seeing it. You know, one of the things that really got me is some of the statements that Rubio and Cruz said in that debate. How about abortion? Where was Donald Trump? How about the oil crisis? Where was Donald Trump? How about this crisis? Where was Donald Trump? Where was Donald Trump? Where was Donald Trump? Need I remind you two yokels that Donald Trump is just a United States citizen? He didn't go inside the congressional hallways each day and sign on to his little staff and sit in his little chair in in the uh, floor on the floor of the House of Representatives or the Senate. No, he wasn't a senator or isn't a senator or a House of Representatives individual. He's a private citizen, a business entrepreneur, a very successful one, if I may say so, a billionaire. Where was he? He was out doing his job and doing it quite well. That's a hell of a lot more than I can say for you, Rubio or Cruz. Missing votes, key votes, many of them. Blowing smoke up America's ass. Part of the uh, political cartel, part of the largest political whorehouse in the world, Congress. Where was Donald Trump? He's not a member of your society. He's not a member of your cartel. As a matter of fact, you're trying everything you can to stop him from being the head shed. Because you know what will go down if Donald Trump is elected. 
The political cartel and the mainstream know this. And they don't like it. They know that all the crap that they've been feeding the American people, treating us like mushrooms, keeping us in the dark and feeding us crap every day, is going to stop. And what gets me is there are some American people out there that cruises their man, Rubio's their man, Kasich's their man, and they haven't figured it out yet. They just haven't figured it out yet that they're still being taken for a ride. They're still being used and abused by the mainstream media, MSM, inside the Beltway political cartel, formerly known as Congress. They're representatives who don't even represent them. We the people, we the people have been screwed we the people have been abused and used. We the people have been beat about the head politically, socially, for decades by Congress, by past presidents. And what did it accomplish them? Well, they stay in power. They know that they can re-educate us anytime they like through the mainstream media, through the news, which is no more than propaganda. They know they can do that. They know that they have people who are working diligently in our public school system to completely, 100%, dumb down the American people to a point where they don't even know how to spell government, let alone know what its function is. When we're pretty close to that right now. We got people that walk around in college that couldn't find their ass with both hands. They would not even graduate from the 8th grade back in the 1930s and 20s. The requirements there, hell, most college kids, graduates couldn't fulfill today. So one of the objectives of Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, to keep Americans in the dark and dumb them down, by God, they've accomplished that. But they're working, working towards one end. And that end, especially in the Democrat Party, is to establish a central government based on the ideology of communism, based on the ideology of complete control from cradle to grave of the American people. Complete control where the American people rely on the government for everything necessary to survive and live from cradle to grave. Communism. And we have a representative standing up there. Well, actually, the DNC has two communists of great stature within the Communist Party. Communist Party USA, the Socialist Internationalist, they all love Bernie Sanders and they all love Hillary Clinton. They're both communists. Oh, Hillary calls herself a progressive, but she's a communist. Bernie Sanders is the only true one out there that is honest with the American people. He calls himself a socialist, but in actual fact, he's a communist. And so many people fall in line and fall on their swords for these people. And you black people that gave Hillary that overwhelming vote in Carolina, shame on you. Let me ask you a question before I go to back, uh, back, uh, break, black community. 
what have the what has the Clintons ever done for you? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. What have they ever done for you? Hillary comes to your churches in past times and stood up in the pulpit and mocked you, trying to talk like you in black dialect, mocked you, promised you everything under the sun. Obama, a black man, the same, promised you everything under the sun. Both Democrat communist. What has it got you? Higher unemployment for your youth? Higher crime rates in the black neighborhoods? Poor education, poor public schools? Yet you still vote for them. What in the hell is wrong with you? I wish somebody could tell me or give me an answer on that. A collective answer for the black community. Why do you still fall on your sword? for the Democrat National Committee, the Democrat Party, and the communists, they run up the flagpole for president or whatever. Why, black community, do you follow them and vote for them? And just a heads up, there's a man out there. Yeah, he's a white guy. And he's a success, successful white guy, successful American, an entrepreneur, a billionaire, that has stood up in front of the American people and said, I will turn this country around. I will get jobs back on a roll here in the United States. Doesn't that sound a hell of a lot more enticing and better than to have some old worn-out hag in a big fat pantsuit standing up there saying, I will be with you all the way. I'll be behind you all the way. How many times over the decades has she sold that line to the black community, to the white community, as far as that goes. You folks in the black community especially, wake up. These people have taken you for a ride for going on a hundred years now. But it seems you have yet to figure it out. We'll be back after the Phyllis Shafley report. And by the way, you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. Blue Monday, I guess. Back to work, back to the salt mines. You folks that do have jobs. You ought to be thankful for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition on the Conservative Talk Network. We'll be back after Phyllis Shapley. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, popular speaker, and author of 25 books, including A Choice, Not an Echo, Who Killed the American Family, The Flip Side of Feminism, Turbo Reader, and How We Made the Republican Party Pro-Life. Now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. As Republicans cast their first presidential ballots last month, the field was dominated by outsider candidates Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, while establishment favorites Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, John Kasich, and Marco Rubio were behind. 
Will the Republican kingmakers and consultants who have picked every nominee since Ronald Reagan finally step aside to let the grassroots nominate this year's candidate? After months of waiting for Trump to self-destruct, the Washington-based Republican establishment thinks they found a way to take back control of the party. The plan involves using House Speaker Paul Ryan. Ryan tapped South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley to give the official Republican response to President Obama's final State of the Union address. With Ryan's blessing, Haley used her national platform to slam the so-called angriest voices in the presidential campaign and disavow the frontrunner's popular call for a pause in Muslim immigration. She seemed to be responding more to Trump than to Obama, so it's no wonder that her speech was praised by the White House chief of staff. The Spanish-language version of Haley's response was delivered by Congressman Diaz-Balart, who was also selected by Speaker Ryan. According to a translation provided by the Miami Herald, Diaz-Balart promised that Republicans would work toward a legislative solution to those who live in the shadows and would modernize the visa system and push the economy forward. That means taking more low-wage guest workers. Ryan then led Republicans on a two-day retreat with so-called aspirational agenda of inclusiveness and optimism. That was meant to be a direct contrast to the campaign themes of Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. A brighter future begins when we understand history. Read the 50th anniversary edition of Phyllis Schlafly's history-making book, A Choice, Not an Echo, and be inspired to mobilize the grassroots and take the government back from the media, globalists, and kingmakers. Get your copy at a special discount at eagleforum.org. That's eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is Gary Gatehouse of the Getting After Lefty Show. We'd like to say howdy to all my mates over there in the UK. Hope you're having a great day, whatever you're up to. Yeah, all you guys over there in London, all you guys up there in the uh, great northwest of, uh, oh, up there around, there's a town up there called Yorkshire, up there in uh, West Yorkshire, I think it is. I was up there one time, went to look at the old city up there. Fantastic, folks. If you ever get to England, make sure you go up to northern England, up to Yorkshire. There's got a, oh, I don't know, it's the, the city just like it was back in the 16th century or so. Just fantastic. Had a good time up there. A lot of good beer, too. A lot of good beer. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, being today's Monday and Super Tuesday's just right around the corner, like within 24 hours or less, there's a lot of people scrambling to get their licks in before the uh, polls open tomorrow. And uh, a lot of mudslinging going on up to the last moment. And all the mainstream media is falling out there and they're just going crazy trying to prop up Rubio, namely Fox News. I mean, they're going at it. What? Are, and it's, you know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> all you folks that listen to Fox News, aren't you kind of getting sick and tired of all the analysts and all the pundits and all the panels and all the commentary and, 
analysts and analyzing analysts and analyzing statements and tearing, dissecting statements apart, looking at every word. And they bring the same old tired people on time after time after time. Carl Rove, Comrade Carl. You know, that guy is, he's worn out, he's welcome in, I would think, at Fox News, but it doesn't look like it. He's on there just about every day with his little whiteboard and his uh, grease pencil, and he's figuring out all these numbers and running what all the what-ifs, and if they do this and they do that, this is going to be this income outcome based on this and all that. It's just sickening. It really is sickening. And you get the Martha McCallums, and you get the... Uh, uh, Brett Bears and you, the Megan Kellys, and they're all falling on their sword, and they're all talking around the best they can. To not come out directly and say Marco's our boy, but you know they've got their marching orders from high up. I don't know if it's Roger Ailes or who it is, but they're in bed with the political establishment over there in D.C as is ABC and CBS and CNN and all of them, public broadcasting, New York Times. They're all in bed with the main, with the uh, DNC and the RNC. Because you see, the DNC and the RNC, there's no really... You can't differentiate between either one of them these days. They just kind of hold hands there, I guess. Across the aisles, they used to call it. They're the same group of people. Just wearing a different color shirt or a different headband or a different wristband or wearing a different label uh, stapped on the back of their head or whatever. But in the front, on the front of their head, you can take every one of them line them up in a great big old picture. And if you zero in on anyone in that picture, I'm talking about Congress now, zero in. Zero in on any one of those folks. Politician. A great big letter P. The scarlet letter P. Stamped indelibly on their forehead. They're all politicians. And we people have time, uh, we the people have said time after time in the last few years, we're sick of politicians. We have no respect for politicians. Politicians are nothing but one-trick pony shows, song and dance men. They will say anything, do anything to get the vote, to keep the power, to keep themselves in their little ivory tower. And like I said on the last couple of shows, the American people have finally woken up to that fact. They finally figured it out. That these politicians aren't representing we the people. They're not representing Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack. They're representing a very... Small clientele. Lobbyists, corporations, big business, international big business, international politics, and some obscure group of people out there that we probably don't even know are pulling all the strings of their puppets, the DNC and the RNC. They're the ones that control America. And they're the ones that have controlled America for some time, whoever those folks are. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, this is the first year, 2016, that we as Americans can speak up and say, no, you're not doing it to us anymore. 
You're not going to do it to us this time. You're not going to ram down our throats Ted Cruz or Rubio or Kasich. You're not going to do it. You tried with Jeb Bush. We uh, got rid of him. You tried Christie. He's gone. Bush is gone. Christie's gone. We don't have anything that we have ever identified as being on a positive note when you talk about Rubio and Cruz when it comes to we the people. They're politicians. They've got that big red P stamped on their forehead. They get up there and talk as though they are in the well of the Senate or in the House of Representatives. They are up there spewing BS constantly. That's what the big letter P, that's what it's good for. That's what politicians are good for. Spewing BS. None of it means a hill of beans to we the people because none of it is the truth. We understand now. Like back in the 1700s, we are not being represented by the people we sent to D.C. They don't represent us. We don't have a dog in the fight anymore. They represent somebody else other than we the people. And we have figured that out. And that's why many of Americans have finally rolled up to the situation that there is one individual out there in this whole scheme of things, this whole political mess that America's in, this whole economic mess that America's in, this whole damn big mess that America's in, it's not at the feet of Donald Trump. He's not part of that inside the beltway BS crowd. He's on the outside looking in. All of that's gone wrong with America is those folks inside the beltway have screwed us. Those folks have messed with America. Those folks have thrown America under the bus, the Constitution out of the bus. And they just flat don't give a damn about what situation, what stature America has these days, which is very poor to say the least. They know who one of the big culprits is, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., that they haven't raised a finger. I'm talking about Republicans now. They have not raised a finger in over seven years to counteract what Obama has attempted and is doing to America. Yet they parade two more yokels out there from their select few. Rubio, at the that's the guy they want. And they don't want Cruz because Cruz has stood up against them, but he is still a politician. He is still a politician. There is one man on the radar screen, and we know who he is, that is not a politician. He's an American citizen, a private American citizen. Has nothing to do, no ties with, never been involved with in the legislative process, in the judicial process, in the executive process of the government. That's Donald Trump. Oh, sure, he's giving money to both sides. That's covering the bases. That's what a good businessman does. That's what a good capitalist does. But when push comes to shove, like I said before on one of my other shows, Donald Trump, the citizen, the private citizen, Mr. Smith goes to to D.C., if you will. Somewhere in the past, he woke up one day, and somewhere he in the past, he woke up out of bed one day, and he was getting ready for his day's work, which, by the way, is very long. 
And he finally said to himself, I'm tired of this crap. I've seen the great American people being messed with and screwed with and abused by those yokels down there in D.C. who lie to us. Like I said, Donald Trump's a citizen just like us. He's not a politician. He says, I've had it. I'm going to do something about it. And when Donald Trump says he's going to do something about whatever, he rolls his sleeves up and does it. He don't mess around. He don't legislate. He don't dicker for days upon end on the congressional floor and talk about this and that. Well, my colleague across the aisle, he says this and I say that, and then we're going to have to have a big committee and talk all about this issue and figure it out, and then nothing ever gets done. Nothing ever gets done. Trump don't march to those kind of orders. That type of business doesn't resonate with him. Like I said, he rolls his sleeves up. He goes after the problem. He tacks the problem. He takes care of the problem. End of deal. End of day. Mark another notch on the wall for Donald Trump. Another new business. Whatever. He don't even have the same mindset. Doesn't operate from the same set of rules as Congress does. He's not hamstrung by people who are controlling like they do Congress. He's not hamstrung by corporations saying, you got to say this or that or we're going we're gonna to let you go. We're not going to support you anymore. We're not going to give you any campaign money as corporations do to Congress. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you think about it, oh, sure, Donald Trump's a billionaire. He flies around on Trump jets. He, he uh, walks around in the best suits available, clothing, best shoes, best coiffed hair, whatever. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, and you strip away all his success, he's still just an American citizen. He's not a politician. He's made his way in the business world, in the hard world, the reality world. Not inside the beltway world where there is no such thing as reality. And people exist on lies and BS and someone else like carrying their water for them. No, Donald Trump's the man. He's the man can, that can get America out of the ditch, out of the squalor that we've been rolling around in for a long time now. And as you probably know, Gary Gatehouse has thrown my hat in the ring with Mr. Trump. And I back him 100%. We'll be back after some much-needed guidance and information from Liberty Council. Stand by. Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Rifka Berry, at the age of 16, was raised in a Muslim family and then encountered Jesus Christ. And the story begins when her story ultimately wound up in central Florida, and you're going to hear her at the Awakening 2016. 
I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me to talk about this is Matt Barber, the founder of barbwire.com. Matt, several years ago, when Rivka Berry fled her family because of fear that an honor killing would be taken out against her because she converted from Islam to Christianity, she wound up in central Florida. And her news garnered national and then later international headlines. She eventually wrote a book in 2015 called Hiding in the Light, and her story is a remarkable journey of an individual who encountered Jesus Christ in her brave, courageous stand for him. And she will be at the Awakening 2016. I hope people join you and me and many others at this upcoming event because she is just one of many of the speakers at the Awakening 2016. And, and what a compelling story Rifka has, and she has uh, been gifted by God in, in uh, the ability to to share her story and a story that uh, regrettably is all too familiar for many people who uh, call themselves Muslim or who have been raised Muslim, and and uh, you know she really epitomizes her story. Does also you know what it means to be a Christian, Matt? Uh, Christ told us that we would be persecuted for our faith. And uh, Rivka went through that in a very, very personal way with her with her immediate biological family being rejected as Christ was rejected and tortured on the cross and fearing literally for her own life because she became a follower of truth and abandoned a lie. Yeah, she was someone who uh, was raised in this Muslim family, she then, with her family, located to Ohio and ultimately was introduced to Jesus Christ through some friends at school. She began reading the Bible, and when her father found out that she had a Bible and that she had become a Christian, she had to end up fleeing in the middle of the night, and she got on a bus and came to Central Florida where she stayed with a pastor and his wife for a few days. Uh, they did not know uh, what to do other than the fact that they felt that they needed to protect this young girl because literally she was in fear of her life. And then that's when the story ultimately garnered international headlines. The question was whether she was going to be sent back to her family or whether she was going to be sent back to her home country. Either one of those would have been a death sentence for Rivka Berry. And she braved through all of this and uh, finally ultimately prevailed. She turned 18, although she was placed in foster care, and the battle was going on between the various interests and the parties, even CARE, the organization, got involved in this issue. So it became a very high-profile matter. Rivka would not renounce her faith. She knew that she had to stand, and finally, uh, throughout the legal battles, she was able to uh, become victorious, and now she has chronicled her story in the book, Hiding in the Light, and we are privileged to be able to have Rivka Berry at the Awakening 2016. Not only Rivka Berry will be there, but also Kamal Salim. Kamal was raised as a terrorist from the age of seven. He has this amazing story uh, in his book, Blood of the Lambs, and he'll be there. He talks about at the age of seven and eight, he was being trained as a terrorist. And as a terrorist, uh, you see on military films where they have to crawl on their bellies with live fire going overhead. Well, that's how they trained this seven, eight-year-old boy. He was crawling on his belly, live fire, not fake, but live fire was going overhead. He could not stand up. If he was afraid, he would have his head blown off. He's crawling behind another person about his same age. That person does get scared. He raises up his head, and a bullet uh, basically takes off half of his skull. 
Kamal Salim is, is riveted with fear and not knowing what to do. If he stands up, he'll have the same fate. He has to compose himself and, as a seven, eight-year-old, continue to crawl on his stomach past his friend uh, with his blood oozing out of his uh, now uh, dismantled, dismembered, crushed skull from the bullet that just ripped through it. That's Kamal Salim's story. He also is an individual who went to the top of buildings and literally grabbed people alive, throwing them off the tops of buildings. Then he tried to go into Israel uh, to commit terrorist acts, intending to blow up a bus. Uh, his story is amazing. You'll hear from Kamal Salim. He came to the United States to recruit individuals, young men on college campuses, to become radicalized here in this country. And uh, you'll be able to hear more about his story, but also read about his story. He'll be there to autograph books as well. He's another speaker at the Awakening. And then another uh, individual, and we have a lot more, by the way, than just Islam in radical terrorism and its threat to our Judeo-Christian values and our freedom. But also another one, uh, Aziz Ibrahim. Uh, she was raised in Egypt. Her father was the first Christian member of the Senate in Alexandria. Uh, after his uh, second term, during his second term, he was poisoned by the Muslim Brotherhood. And she ultimately has all kinds of amazing stories about what's happening in the Middle East and here in the United States with regards to uh, her ministry. And uh, you'll hear from her and many others. These are the kinds of individuals that we have at the Awakening 2016. So I hope people go to lc.org and register. You'll be there. Uh, you'll be speaking uh, on a panel called Gender Confusion. And one of the individuals on that panel is Walt Heyer. Walt was uh, raised uh, as a, born as a man, and ultimately decided he wanted to be a woman. So he went through the hormone treatments and the plastic surgery, and later uh, became a Christian, and then sought to reverse uh, that invasive uh, plastic surgery and those hormones that he had ingested. And he's going to be there talking about this issue of so-called gender identity, gender confusion, the kinds of things that we're seeing on TV that are glamorized. He's got the real story of what, what it's about and what it's like. He does. And <clears throat> the three that you have mentioned just represent a small sampling of, of uh, dozens of top Christian leaders, conservative leaders and speakers. And, and this is the Awakening 2016, which is March 5th. 2016, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Faith Assembly. That's in Orlando, Florida. And as you mentioned, Matt, people can go to lc.org to sign up to get more information. But you're talking about Walt Heyer. I know Walt. Um, he's going to be on our panel that you mentioned. Uh, what a compelling, powerful story about a man who uh, is, was struggling with gender confusion and, and, and issues related to his sexual identity. And he sought, rather than reconciling his God-given biological reality uh, with, with, with God and with truth, he sought to change his biological reality, something, of course, that is impossible. And, and after having done so, he found that that did not fix the problem. And, you know, Matt, with, with people who struggle with gender identity disorder, gender dysphoria, 
they have a, a percent a suicide rate uh, in the high in the 40th percentile like 41 percent it's 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 a horrible horrible thing it's a mental illness but uh, Walt's story he, he shows how there is freedom and in, in and through Christ and the Holy Spirit and that buying into this delusion and and maiming your body and sterilizing yourself and so forth that that is not the answer that the answer lies in Jesus. Yes, and you have so many more. We have uh, Sandra Susan Merritt. She is one of the two undercover investigators for Planned Parenthood. She'll be on the panel called Planned Parenthood and Human Genocide. She has, obviously, firsthand knowledge, being one of those individuals who was a brave uh, undercover investigator and revealed to the world the uh, barbarous activity of Planned Parenthood and its abortion industry and trafficking in uh, human body parts. So she'll be there. Forty-some speakers will be there. Uh, You won't want to miss the Awakening 2016. It's going to be March the 5th, Saturday, at Faith Assembly. But you can go to lc.org, click on the Awakening icon, and you can register right there for the Awakening. We hope to see you this year at the Awakening 2016 on March the 5th. Again, March the 5th is the Awakening 2016. We have done the Awakening since 2010. John Stenberger, who is the president of the Florida Family Policy Council, says that he has gone to various conferences and events for 30-plus years, and he has said that the Awakening is the most powerful event that he's ever gone to. And it's because it is a combination of faith and freedom, our Judeo-Christian values and our liberties. It's the marrying of the Great Awakening the spiritual foundation, with the American Revolution, the result of a spiritual foundation. So those come together in a unique way in the awakening, and the kinds of speakers just on this one panel that we were talking about and others like Sandra Susan Merritt and so many more have so much to share. I hope that you go to the awakening, pray for the awakening if you can't come, or encourage those who might be in the area to be able to come to the awakening 2016. Go to lc.org. You have been listening to Faith and Freedom with Matt Staver of Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Working together, we can make a difference. Get informed and stay involved. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. That's lc.org. And tune in next time right here for Faith and Freedom. Looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. This is Gary Gatehouse. Make sure you tune in to Restoration Radio International weekends to listen to the Gary Gatehouse radio shows back-to-back. Wow! I had PTSD. Once I was back from Iraq, I was distant from everybody in my family. We had a reunion of our unit, and you'd hear these spouses say, Is your husband doing that? My husband's doing that, too. I thought it was just us. And really understanding that, hey, this is a common experience. I learned more to listen to what he was saying, and that made it easier for me to understand where his pain was coming from. Warriors should know that resources are available. Learn more at realwarriors.net. Well, welcome back to the first hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're at in God's big, beautiful world. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as the news media would like to have it, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Super Tuesday, when we all roll in from work, 
most of us. I mean, there's shift workers and there's people that will be working during all this. But the majority of us, when we come home and we uh, settle in for the evening, you would listen to the media and they were working their way up till tomorrow. They're advertising it more or less as a big entertainment night. A night where you can, I don't know, sit down in your PJs or, I don't know, your boxers or whatever, however you lounge around in after you get home at night. Make yourself some popcorn and have a couple of brewskis or a couple of Dr. Peppers or some iced tea or a hot cup of coffee and maybe some donuts or whatever. And sit down and watch Megan Kelly and Brett Barron, all of them just entertain the holy hell out of you. All evening, talking about what ifs, getting a panel on there, Comrade Carl, all of them will be on there, all the stars of Fox, talking about all the things that are going on in all of the Super Tuesday states. Well, it looks like uh, Donald Trump here, he's uh, he's getting uh, really a handful from Ted Cruz and uh, Rubio over here in uh Texas and all oh, on oh, now, you know, it looks like that's uh, uh, Ted Cruz is really gonna uh, wipe the floor with uh, Donald Trump here in uh, Texas tonight. You know the scenario, you've heard it. I hearken back to when I was a kid and they were reporting the political run up to the presidency. None of this crap took place. They reported it the way it was and they went on to something else. Something went down that was of uh, newsworthy proportions, they would report it. None of this pull up your seat, have your favorite hamburger ready, your big bowl of popcorn or whatever. This is going to be a fun night. It's going to be entertainment night. Did you hear what he just said? Oh my God, let's analyze that. Get a panel up here. We got to analyze what Trump just said. What does he really mean? What is he really saying between the lines? Come on, Carl, let us know. It's become nothing more, and I'm I'm talking about the whole scheme of politics today in the American arena is nothing more than entertainment. It's nothing more than generation of 30-second sound bites that they can use to generate more revenue from their corporate sponsors, who, by the way, sponsor Rubio and Cruz and everyone else in Congress. That's all it is. It's entertainment. Just like news today is entertainment. 24-7. Entertainment. Not news. Again, hearkening back when I was a kid, back in the 50s, news came on. News hour in the evening. And it was for an hour of news. What was going on in the world? What was going on at home? Very little, if any, commentary. This reported what was going on. And the news went off. And the evening began with entertainment. Back in my day, it was I Love Lucy, Jackie Gleason, uh, Sid Caesar, whatever, being a little kid, but old enough to understand what was going on. Today it's news, 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 news. It's not news. It's entertainment. It's for the benefit of the corporations. 
It's the for benefit of mainstream media. It's not even called news anymore. It's media, mainstream media. Oh yeah, Fox News puts this banner for Fox News and they have an alert flashing up there when somebody spits on a sidewalk or passes wind in some church in Birmingham, Alabama. The big alert comes up. Wind passed. Man spits on the sidewalk. Dog bites dog. Dog eats dog. Oh, no, that's that would be a story about of Obama. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's getting ridiculous. It's pathetic, but it's pathetic to tell you the truth. You know, when you look at the American public, I'm not putting us all in that same bunch, and I'm getting ready to talk about, commentate on, make some commentary on. But if you look at the American public today, they have to be entertained from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep. They have to be entertained. Look around you. Go into any store. You see a woman pushing a shopping cart looking for her groceries. What she's do- What is she doing? A man, man as well. Men as well. They're pushing that cart. They're looking up at their shelves and they have a phone glued to their ear. And they walk. I, 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 I made it the point one time to, to kind of loosely check a woman out who was walking around the grocery store, supermarket, whatever the hell you want to call it. And she was in and she was getting her groceries, talking on the phone, aisle after aisle after aisle. I was with my better half, my wife. When we come up to the line to get checked out, she was about four people ahead of us. She was still on the freaking phone. What in the hell is there to talk about that you have to have the phone glued to your ear every waking hour, America? What is there to talk about that is so freaking interesting to the other person on the other end, vice versa, that is so paramount to your existence that you have to have a damn electronic device stuck up against your ear or your thumbs moving feverishly, texting and not even speaking. Now I sell and buy a lot of stuff on Craigslist. And it really makes, it really perturbs me when I find something I like and the person puts up there a number, will accept text only. No phone calls. Now, I can understand there might be a minute chance that he's working in a place where phone calls are not allowed. But probably overall, they're just too lazy to talk. They want to text. I called a guy one time and I said, and he he answered the phone. And he says, you know, is this about something I'm selling on Craigslist? And I said, yeah. And he said, why didn't you text me? I says, I don't believe in it. I don't text. I'm old school. I talk. Oh. Well, what do you want to know about the piece I'm selling? You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's pathetic when America gets to a point where we have to be entertained 24-7, all our awakening hours. We're at a point where we can't walk around more than 10 minutes without a phone stuck up next to our ear or, or texting, going crazy with that. Ramming each other on the on the highways while we're texting, not paying attention to what we're doing, 
it, it, it's really pathetic. And it, oh, it's really not only pathetic, but it's laughable that the American people, again, i put this caveat on there, not all of us, but most of us, the American people have got to a point where someone out there, whether it be an electronic device, a television screen, printed matter, whatever, are controlling us, pulling our strings, lighting fires under us when they uh, want us to get jump up and salute and march to a particular issue or, or group or whatever. The propaganda comes out even thicker. Disinformation, misinformation, it's all part of the scenario, part of the scheme, part of the plan. And it's working pretty well. But I refuse to be a part of it. I refuse to be a part of the texting and the constant talking and constant entertainment. I can entertain myself a hell of a lot better coming out here in my garage working on my old cars helping my wife plant some flowers, looking out at the window and looking at God's creation and enjoying it. He put it this, that all there for us to enjoy. Why does America want to stick its face and ears into an electronic device and let the world go by him? Have we got to a point where our whole existence depends on the media? And that medium? Have we got to a point where we as human beings, we as Americans, no longer look around and enjoy the reality of the world we live in? The good parts? It's a damn shame. Now I talk to a lot of parents. My kids have all grown up. But they complain. They say, you know, Gary, I've got a son that would rather sit inside and play football on a video game or baseball or whatever on a video game than going out and actually doing it in real life. As a matter of fact, they could never do it. They don't know how. They know how to on a video game. But when it comes to interacting and getting some other kids together to go play baseball on a sandlot or whatever, that's gone. That's finished. That is finished. If it's not organized anymore, if it's not organized, then your kids just, uh, they're lost. They've lost the ability like we had back in the 50s. We lived and died for being up on first thing in the morning when the sun come up to go down the neighborhood and round up seven or eight guys and go down uh, across on a sandlight and play baseball all damn day. Run around all day, ride our bikes, go swimming. All that crap is gone. It's finished. We've lost it. And it's really taken a toll on our children. Our children don't be, remain children very long these days. They grow up real fast in one way. In other ways, they always remain children. Just look around you, 45 and 50 year olds still acting like they're little kids children in adult clothes it's really pathetic the state of affairs the United States is in well the world is in but I can truthfully say I've been to places 
in remote areas where the media hasn't touched them yet. When I say media, digital media, etc. And they're still enjoying all the things that God has provided us to enjoy. I've been to Siberia. I've been up in the Hindukush Mountains. I've been at the foothills of the Himalayas. Those people up there are still living the way human beings, I think, are intended to live. Of course, they don't have too many modern conveniences. I would never want to take that away from we the people. But America, take the time out to enjoy what's God. Your God has provided you. Just look around and enjoy the sunshine. We'll be back on the second hour after the news. You are listening to the Gary Gatos Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-minute news break. News ready to go. I'm Pam Puso. He's an active duty Army staff sergeant, the suspect in a cop killing in Northern Virginia. Ronald Hamilton is being held without bond in the fatal shooting of Prince William County Police Officer Ashley Gwinton. It was the 29-year-old's first day on the job. Gwinton and two other officers were responding to a domestic situation in Woodbridge. They approached the front door of the home and a subject inside the home, later identified as the accused, Open fire, striking three officers who sustained critical wounds. Prince William County Police Chief Steve Hudson, a woman inside the home, was found dead. An 11-year-old boy also in the home was found unharmed. The 32-year-old Hamilton, who will be arraigned tomorrow, is facing a capital murder charge. For the Republicans running for president, this may be their last chance to derail Donald Trump. He needs to release his tax information, and, and the fact that he's refusing to do so really suggests, as Mitt Romney pointed out, that there may be a bombshell in there, that there's something he's hiding. Ted Cruz on ABC is this week. He bankrupted a casino. How do you bankrupt a casino? (laughs) The house always wins. Marco Rubio campaigning in Kennesaw, Georgia. Ahead of Super Tuesday, Trump is favored in more than half a dozen states. Bernie Sanders says he's looking forward following South Carolina's Democratic primary where he lost big to Hillary Clinton. Clinton clobbered Bernie Sanders, performing especially well with black voters, 86% of whom supported Clinton. The way Sanders sees it, Clinton won big in South Carolina, but he won big in New Hampshire, so they're on pretty level ground heading into Super Tuesday. Fox's Peter Ducey in Columbia. Clinton picked up most of South Carolina's delegates. You're listening to Fox News Radio. Fair and balanced. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him opening his own clothing store at the age of 18? One in 138,000. Excited to be a part of pop culture, he packed for the big city. The odds of finding someone to invest in his vision? One in 4.5 million. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. 
I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. I encourage you to learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Residents of a small Kansas town are pulling together. On Thursday, a man shot and killed three co-workers at a factory. Fourteen other people were hurt. We begin transition from the investigative piece of this, which is currently ongoing and will be for some time. But now we take the community and those impacted by it to another dimension of this, and that's how do we heal. Gary Emery is the city administrator in Heston, where a church service will be held tonight. A cruise ship that got bounced around by hurricane-force winds and 30-foot waves earlier this month has been forced to cut another sailing short because of bad weather. Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas is on its way back to Bayonne, New Jersey. One U.S. senator sounds off about a growing complaint in the skies. Shrinkage is almost never a good thing. And when it comes to airline seats and legroom, Senator Chuck Schumer says it's one of the most vexing travel things going. He's tired of airlines packing passengers in like sardines. So he wants the Federal Aviation Administration to create seat size standards for commercial airlines. Schumer plans to add an amendment to the FAA reauthorization bill pending before Congress. He says the average distance between rows has shrunk by more than half since the 1970s. Passengers used to get 35 inches of leg room. The average now, just 16 and a half. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Deadpool is still on top of the box office, earning an estimated $31.5 million. You're a fighter. We can give you abilities most men only dream of. Make you a superhero. In second place, Gods of Egypt. On Hollywood's biggest night, protests are expected near the red carpet. This year's Academy Awards are being overshadowed by widespread criticism about diversity. For the past two years, the acting nominations have been all white. Pam Puso, Fox News Radio. Well, welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. Hope you're all having a great day out there. Fantastic day down here in Texas. Blue skies, about 80 degrees. Can't complain, can we? Kicking off a new week. Looking forward to Super Tuesday. See who cleans whose clock. You know, ladies and gentlemen, first hour we was talking about the mainstream media and entertainment and news and who was this and who was that and all these uh, inside the Beltway pundits and people who read tea leaves and cat intros and crystal balls and all these analysts and all these panelists and that are paraded constantly across the TV screen. But when push comes to shove, you know damn well it all boils down to just one thing, participation. Voter participation. Who's going to get out there and vote? Super Tuesday. Who's going to stay at home? Who's going to take their toys and go home? Who's going to say, well, my little little guy is just not being treated right, so I'm not going to vote? Well, that's your prerogative. That's your prerogative. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, how many times have we been told that over the years? Like I said in the first half. The RNC and uh, die in the wool, die hard Republicans 
if it had an R on its forehead, I don't care if it was a monkey or a snail, they'd vote for it. Hold your nose and vote for it. That used to be something we heard quite a bit, wasn't it? Well, you got to hold your nose and vote for that person. You just got to do it. We can't let that Democrat in there. I fell for it, just like millions of you guys out there did do. But I, not anymore. You know, the other day I got an email that was, I'm sure, sent out to people that somehow they think I'm a Republican, uh, remain in that uh, corner of the political spectrum. But I'm not. I've, I've got away from the Republican Party. I'm neither a Democrat or a Republican anymore. I've finally wised up. I'm an American. I'm an American. And I don't hold my allegiance to any party. Now, if I'm forced to vote Republican to get a guy like Donald Trump in there, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm registered as a Republican, but I'll vote for who I damn well please. I received an email, a mass e mailed out email from Paul Ryan the other day. Mr. Gatehouse, Gary. And he went on to say how we have got to do all the bidding of the Inside the Beltway people, he didn't word it that way, of course. The RNC, they need money. They need this, they need that. I sent him an email back, of course. I know damn well it ended up in file nine or on the floor. Didn't he make it out of my mailbox, probably. I don't know, and I don't care. I just kind of vented on him. I told him, I said, don't be sending me and the RNC, don't be sending me any of this email crap anymore. Want money. I tore my RNC card up a long time ago. Don't be bothering me. Go Trump. And I left it as that. But you know, I was listening to the commentary on Fox News here a couple hours ago. And they were talking about what the RNC has to do. This might be their last chance to combat and get rid of Donald Trump, the front runner on the Republican ticket. It might be the RNC and the Republicans' last chance to get a real, viable, Republican-backed, good old boy, good old bo uh, girl-backed, corporation-backed, Republican candidate in there. Make way for Rubio. Might be their last chance to really knocked uh, Donald Trump down. And I thought to myself, you know, what a bunch of traitors these people are. The RNC, the leadership, the people who run it. What a bunch of traitors they are. You remember here a while back, they more or less coerced Donald Trump into signing a an agreement or a pledge that he would not run third party. Remember seeing him holding a, holding a thing he signed up that he would run as a Republican? He stayed true to his word. But the Republicans haven't. They have a front runner. Donald Trump. That we the people, the majority of us in the Republican Party or the independents or, or uh, blue dog Democrats, whatever the case may be, want Donald Trump. We want Donald Trump as the guy they're going to run up against, I guess, Hillary Clinton. 
Her big ass ought to be in prison, but I guess she's going to be running. I guess they're going to wait until after she's defeated before they arrest her. I don't know. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, when you think about it, and you think about the Republican Party, you look at John Boehner, you look at Paul Ryan, you look at that whole damn bunch up there. They're all a bunch of flip-flopping, lying, turncoat. I don't know what else to call them. And they turned on Donald Trump after he signed that agreement, which they already knew once he signed that, they were going to go after him tooth and nail. Because they knew they could not have somebody running on the Republican ticket that would eventually shine the light of truth on these people that run our government, whether they be Democrat or Republican. They could not have a person elected into the office of president that is going to take care of business down on the border. No, we can't have that. Big corporations, they need those illegals in here working for pittance, making giant profits, using uh, third world trash labor while the American people suffer. No jobs, no incomes, working minimum wage jobs, etc., Long comes Donald Trump and he says, you know, I'm going to take care of all this. I've got a plan. I've ran big, huge businesses. I'll get the right people around me, the people who are in the know, and we're going to make this country move forward again. And we're not going to let people on the international scale take care of business against us anymore. We're not going to be used to China's advantage. We're not going to be used to Russia's or anybody else. He's told us that when he's elected. These people that have been abusing us and the free trade and all that, not going to happen anymore. And Republicans and the Democrats, they they uh, running scared. All their buddies in China, Chicoms, all their buddies over in Russia, wherever, big corporations, international corporations, all the people that are footing the bill dump that mega mega millions into Jeb Bush's failure to get the nomination for the or the hearts and minds of the American people for the nomination on the Republican side. All those millions of dollars he spent didn't amount to a hill of beans. Nobody wanted Bush. Republicans thought they could throw money at it and we would just cave and off, off Bush would go. Didn't work out it. Out that way, did it, Republican leaders? Why didn't it? Because the American people said, no, no more Bush. We don't want any more Bushes. So the Republicans said, no, well, we're going to have to find us a new boy. So they hooked their wagon to Marco Rubio, senator from Florida. Now, Rubio gets up there and he blows a lot of smoke in canned 30 and 40 and 50 seconds uh, segments piecemeal together to make a five-minute speech. It's some kind of speech like he would give on the Senate floor. And he's so robotic and so full of crap. And he keeps trying to push the issue that when I'm elected president, 
I'm going to put America back the way it should be. I'm a patriot. Wave the flag. I'm a, a person of immigrants. My father came here and waited bars, whatever. I, I don't care. What the hell your father did? My father worked his ass off his whole life, sometimes holding three jobs. Does that make a hell of beans difference to you, Rubio? Just because your father came here from Cuba, I don't give a crap. Could care less where your father came from. So that argument don't carry water. The argument that your father worked and worked hard, like I said, so did my father. So did millions of other Americans' fathers. So that don't carry any water with me either. And for you get up there and say, I'm the only one that can be, uh, def, uh, defeat Hillary Clinton? What What are you smoking, bud? What the hell are you smoking? You've been in, uh, subjected to the inside the Beltway political cartel virus for too long, man. But it'll all pan out tomorrow. Super Tuesday. And when the Fox News comes on early in the morning, starts that political crap, all through the afternoon, transferring from one group of talking heads to another to uh, five broads sitting around a table with some man in the middle talking about this and that uh, to the late afternoon news with that Shepard Smith and on down the road into the night, into the weed hours. They're going to be there entertaining us. Making commentary. Commentary. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful night. What I plan on doing is I'm going to check in right around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night to see where the polls are. They'll all be closed by then. What people have punched out, what people are still hanging. I don't turn the damn TV off. Because I cannot stand to watch Fox News blowing smoke up America's ass. I can't stand it anymore. Maybe I won't turn the TV off. I might go watch Ancient Aliens or something. Or maybe a good documentary on the History Channel. Get some enlightenment. Or go watch uh, Velocity. Wheeler Dealers or something. Have a little fun there. Maybe pick up a few hints or a few tidbits on how to do a brake job better or something. That would be a hell of a lot more interesting to me than to listen to Megan Kelly and that whole damn bunch making her snide remarks and comments. And I'm just, uh, I'm just fed up with them. Fed up with the whole damn inside the Beltway thing. I'm sure a lot of other Americans are too. You know, today's kind of a freewheeling day for me. Normally I set up in front of me, oh, 15, 20, 25 maybe, issues, things that are going down in the United States on today's news that I comment on. I ain't going to do it today. Not going to do it today. I'm just free willing it today. Just winging it, if you will. 
just having a chat with you, Mr. and Mrs. America. You, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack. I like that. I would rather do that than to sit here and talk about some other news media guy or gal talking about something that I'm going to comment on as well. I just, I'm just not going to do it today. I'll let Rush and I'll let Mark Levine and I'll let all those guys do that. They do it so well. And they get big bucks to do it. <laughs> You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. And I tell you what, we'll be back after a few short messages. Don't go away. Hey, this is Tex Hollister down here in Texas. When I'm not rocking the house, I like to listen to Gary Gatehouse. Gary is exposing the liberal socialist agenda. He is kicking liberals' asses and taking names. You keep it up, Gary. We're growing like a big old army. You gotta take care of Texas. It's the only one we got. If you're way up in Lubbock or down in Lucumbach, you gotta conserve water, keep the air clean. Take care of Texas. Don't you know what I mean, y'all? Kevin Fowler here. Texans take great pride in keeping our air clean. Visit TakeCareOfTexas.org and take the pledge to help keep it that way. We'll send you a free Texas State Park Guide. You gotta take care of Texas. It's the only one we got. Sponsored by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. Freedom in America. Freedom in America Radio Network. Presenting the traditional view of the good old American dream that you won't hear about on the liberal media. Freedom in America. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back live at the National Butt Out Finals. A.J. Langer is all fired up. And there he goes. It's out. He put his butt out in 2.6 seconds. Lori is with A.J. Lori? A.J., how did you get your butt out so quick? Well, I learned the hard way. I burned the house down. If you smoke, put it out. All the way. Every time. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable home fire deaths. Check out usfa.dhs.gov smoking. A message from the U.S. Fire Administration and firefighters everywhere. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. Coming up next, it's Gary Gatehouse and one of his classic rants. Stand by. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Morning Show on Restoration Radio United Kingdom. Grab that cup of coffee and get out the door. It's time to go to work. Ladies and gentlemen, I always kind of like to kick my show off with a song to kind of get us in the mood. We've been talking a lot about illegals in this country on my show, but how about the folks that are legal that come to this country? Past, present. All you folks that came here under all the rules and regulations it is required to become an American citizen, this song's for you. The United States of America was built on the backs, the sweat and toil of legal immigrants that came to our country. They came to our country on boats from across the oceans. They came here to make a better life for themselves. 
They built this country. They settled this country. They pioneered this country. Your great-grandmothers and grandfathers, they came from England. They came from Ireland. They came from Scotland. They came from Europe. They built the greatest country that the planet has ever seen. America. It's Shining Star America. They came. America a dream. And they came. Shining Star America. We're traveling light today in the eye of the storm. In the eye of the storm. Home to a new and a shiny place. They came from Ireland, England, Scotland, Germany. Italy, France, Europe, they came to America looking for a better life, our ancestors. Everywhere around the world, they pioneered this great country, they built this great country, all those legal immigrants that came here to America, they fought our wars. They worked day and night, rolled their sleeves up, and they built America. Our ancestors from Europe, South America, Africa, everywhere on this huge planet, they came to America legally. Sweet land of liberty, they built this country. God bless America. Land of the free, home of the brave. You know, folks, my country, America, hasn't been around very long as compared to other countries in history. But we've came a long way in our short time. 
We've come an extremely long way in the history of America as far as what we've accomplished. And it was all done on the backs, the sweat, the blood, and the toil of all those folks that came here and settled this country. From the pilgrims all the way to today, they came from all over the world for a better life, for a better way of expressing themselves as far as religion goes, for a better place to raise their children, not under the bootstraps or under the tyranny of a king or a queen or Nazism or whatever. They came here, and they came here legally. And like I said, our great-grandmothers and great-grandfathers, and yes, even their ancestors, settled this country. They pioneered it. They broke out of the East Coast and they headed west under immense hardships. Many lost their lives. I was reading some stories about wagon trains that made it to St. Louis from the, from the East Coast. St. Louis at that time was the, the uh, border between those folks who knew civilization and the border beyond that they knew nothing about. But yet, they loaded up their possessions and their families in those covered wagons and they headed west. And I was reading some stories of the hardships those folks endured when they got to a town on the Missouri River, St. Joseph, Missouri. There was two trails leaving out of St. Joseph, heading west. And I was reading a diary of a lady that came from Ohio. And this lady was bringing her mother and her daughter in a covered wagon with no husband. It was the three women. The lady, her mother, and her daughter. And they set out to go west. Well, along the way, when they got to St. Joseph, Missouri, the kickoff point for the trail heading west, they had to go through a little town called Wathena, Kansas, after crossing the Missouri River. After they got across the Missouri River and into Wathena, Kansas, the grandmother died. Like I said, she was in her 60s. She probably knew deep down in her heart that she would never make the arduous trip all the way west. But she wanted to go. She had the pioneers burning in her, in her breast. She wanted to go and help settle the west. Well, she never made it. They buried the grandmother, the mother and the daughter, buried their grandmother and mother underneath a big old oak tree. In Wathena, Kansas. Like so many pioneers on the way west, the trail was stoned with people who died from either attacks from uh, hostiles or from disease or just old age. Their bodies just gave out. But they continued to go. And eventually, those pioneers reached the west coast. The west coast of America. And all along the way, some stopped at valleys and promising land along the way and said, this is where I'm going to raise my children. 
This is where I'm going to build my home. This is where I'm going to start life again. All the way through Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, on their way west, they settled this great country. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we fast forward to today. And we look at our country today, the United States of America, and all the great things that our grandmothers and our great-grandfathers and our great-grandmothers have done. Had they, the, the hardships they went through, the back-breaking toil and work they had to go through to build this great country. And now we're getting ready, it seems, to forget about that and turn it over to those who want to change everything this America, our America, your America, stands for. All of our great history. All of the people that came before us. They came from across the oceans to settle here and build the greatest country that has ever been seen on the planet Earth. It seems like America and Americans, not all of us, but a lot of us, are getting ready to throw that all away. We forgot what we stand for. We have forgotten what we have to go through to make this country what it is. Yet there are so many out there that don't care. Either they have never been taught what this country was built on, or they've been taught and they forgot, or they've been taught and they just flat don't care about their country. America, your country, my country, is a land that we've always strived to improve and build upon for our children and future generations. That has always been the mantra for this people, American people, but yet we forgot it. We look at our children, and I don't know what a lot of people see when they look at their children. Do they think that their children are guaranteed all the rights under the Constitution? All the freedoms? Just because they're Americans? And that is as far as it goes? I fear to say that it's what a lot of Americans think. And they're in for a rude awakening. We are the caretakers of this country. It's been handed over to us. I'm talking about as adults. It has been handed over to us by all those who preceded us. Are we ready to hand our country over to individuals, change agents, that could care less about democracy, care less about the republic, care less about all that America stands for? Are we ready to hand it over to the communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive left ran and spearheaded by a man named Obama and the likes of Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Durbin. Are we ready to hand it over to those folks? They're not American. In name only, because they live in a country called America. That's as far as it goes with them. They have a new idea on how America should be. And that idea to us patriots, is foreign. It doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is Gary Gatehouse, and I've been talking in front of this microphone for seven, going on eight years, 
And I'm pleading with you, please wake up. Your country is under attack. Your children are under attack. Your religion, Christianity, is under attack. They're coming for you, whether you believe it or not. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Ah, thank you, darling. I love that British accent, don't you? Kind of miss living over there. Sure do. If I had the money, I'd be on a plane heading that way. Send me all the dollars you got, okay? I want to go back to my second home. <laughs> you know, folks... Gary Gatehouse and the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show has been on the air since 2006. And we started out with a half-hour show. And we started uh, locally down here in South Texas. And um, we expanded there to an hour show. That was back in, oh, 2000, late 2007. And then we expanded into the GAL Network, South Texas where we picked up a couple of other radio shows, the Billy Bob and Carl show, then I created a, oh, a DJ show, Blast from the Past, American Rock and Roll. That was a, we ran that for a while. We ran Monologues and Rants. We still run those in Gary Gatehouse. We ran uh, Top Secret Information Report, Gary Gatehouse. We ran Gary Gatehouse News. We ran quite a few different shows, if you will, featuring myself and others. But I kind of settled down and got this two-hour show together, the Gary Gatehouse radio show, Getting After Lefty. It used to be called The Secret Age of Man. And before that was Gary Gatehouse radio show, Getting After Lefty. So we went back to where we started, Getting After Lefty, which I've always done. But you know, I sit here and I think about all of those hours and times scrambling around to put a show together. Starting out with one little uh, lap- laptop and kind of a cheap microphone and cheap pair of headsets. Now I've got, let me see, I've got one, two, three, four, four computers, a fairly expensive microphone. Really, a nice pair of headsets. Actually, I got three pair of headsets. Three of the same kind, two are the back are backups. In this business, you always need redundant. You need a, you need backups on all your equipment, hot spares, if you will. If you're in the middle of something and something goes down, like a computer, you can switch right over and keep on trucking. Which that's the way I've got everything set up here. I. Really put a lot of effort and time into doing my own bumps, doing my own little 30-second spots for not only myself, but my um, radio station sponsors, affiliates, if you will. And it takes a lot of time and effort, and it takes a lot of this trial and error and getting, getting to know the ins and outs of the radio business, I guess, commentary, you know. There used to be a guy on the radio a long time ago that I'm, uh, my folks used to listen to. 
And my neighbor across the road used to listen to a lot. He used to, I remember playing out in the yard and hearing my neighbor's old radio going on in his, well, it wasn't really a garage. It was a shed, and he, worked, he was out there piddling around, and it was a Paul Harvey show. And I remember listening to Paul Harvey from across the fence, if you will. <laughs> and I always liked what Mr. Paul Harvey said in his whole approach to the radio business. And I listened to, to Mr. Paul Harvey for years, even after I grew up. And that's what I tried to model my show after. Not so much the content, but the way the show was ran, conducted, whatever. Paul Harvey never had any guest. Paul Harvey never had anybody but himself talking to the microphone, talking to his audience. And that's what I've done. And, you know, if you look at the whole idea of talk radio and you listen to people like Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and Mark Levine, all those guys, they've got away, really. They've really got away from call-in. Of course, they have call-in. They might have one or two or maybe three during the week. And I know Russia has any uh, Super Friday or whatever he calls it where people call in and he takes more calls than he does any time the rest of the week. But for the most part, it's commentary just like the Gary Gatehouse radio show. Now those guys, as professional as they are, they have a lot of staff. A lot of staff that looks up all the issues and condenses it down and puts it up on the screen for him. They've got a, he's got an earplug plugged into his ear, whoever it may be, Rush or whoever, talking to his manager that manages the show, puts it all together, got people that screens calls. A lot of, lot, of, uh, lot of people working for him. Myself, I have three. And two of them are me and myself. <laughs> and I do have a staff in every once in a while that will come in and give me a hand, but uh, they, they'd have their own jobs. I don't pay them. But they'll come in and they'll sit down and they'll run the board once in a while, whatever, and kind of give me a break. Like if I had to go to the bathroom or something, somebody's around, I, I either put a, a DJ Long a, a pee break song on or one of the other people will sit in there and, and monitor the screens and all that. But it's been a it's really been an eye opener getting into this from scratch. I didn't know nothing about how to start a show, how to run the board, how to put spots together, what a bump was, on and on and on, how to slide in or segue in from one spot to another, um, news into music, music into commentary, commentary in, into uh, uh, public announcements, whatever. It, it all takes timing. It all takes a lot of effort. And I put a lot of effort in my show to make it as professional as I can. I know there's slip-ups and mess-ups, but I try to do the best I job I can. And I get a lot of emails that tell me that uh, they enjoy listening to my show. I get it from all over the world. And that is the big payoff for me. It's the big payoff. When I put forth all this time and effort and money to run this two-hour show three times a week. And it's played on a lot of stations Monday through Friday and sometimes Monday through the weekend. I know in Restoration Radio United Kingdom out of London, 
it's played it's played all week my shows and then it's played back to back shows on the weekend and now Dogs of War Radio United Kingdom has also picked up my show so the United Kingdom uh, Ireland Scotland England and Europe all get uh, blanket coverage of my show Monday through Monday through Monday so uh, I can't complain about that at all then I have my Daily shows on freedominamericaradio.com. They play Monday through Friday. Scheduled 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on freedominamericaradio.com. My shows are also carried on freedominamerica.us, which is a 24-7 news service and outlet for the Gary Gatehouse radio show, the Getting After Lefty show. The Billy Bob and Carl show. They're played up there 24-7, archived. You can listen to them any time of the day. 5 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, whatever. You just just go up on Google and type in freedominamerica.us and go up there and click on it. and There'll be Gary Gatehouse up there bumping his gums. And uh, I've been picked up by the Conservative Talk Radio Network. And they play my show... From 7 to 9 p.m., I think it is, Monday through Friday, on the Conservative Talk Radio Network. So I'm up there as well as many other stations around, internet stations, that uh, play my shows. So it gets a lot of blanket coverage throughout the world, actually. And all the uh, 50 states, all uh, up in the icebox in Canada, down southern uh, uh, South America, etc., so I would like to just say thank you to all my listeners that tune into my show whatever time of the day you do it, whatever station you listen to my show on. And I'd like to ask you a favor if you would. You folks that listen to my shows, if you get a chance, drop me an email at GaryGatehouse at Hush, H-U-S-H dot com. GaryGatehouse, that's all one word, word at Hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Drop me an email and tell me where you listen to my show at. What station, what time of day, etc. I'd appreciate that. I really would. I'm trying to put some demographics together on my show to make it more interesting, to make it more uh, appealing to not just the American crowd, but those folks, you folks over in Europe, you folks over on Pacific Rim, you folks in China, you folks up there in Russia, Middle East. Uh, you know, I get emails from all you folks everywhere throughout the United States, throughout the world. And I'd just like to uh, have a better grasp of where my show is at the particular time you're listening to it. And uh, any information you might want to provide me as a radio host on content, uh, format, etc. How the shows ran, uh, if two hours is too long, too short, whatever. I've had I've had some radio stations uh, turn me down because they want a three-hour show. Well, I don't know if I can stretch my show to three hours. Three hours of commentary. I don't know. It might be something worth looking at, but I would like to bring somebody else in if I did that and make them another part of the show. And by the way, before we go to break, the Ricky Rasmus's Our Voice South Africa, which she ran for quite some time on my show, is no longer on the Gary Gatehouse radio show. Due to her... Much busy schedule in South Africa, and she's a congressional law. She's a constitutional lawyer. She runs her own real estate business, 
and she's always traveling somewhere taking care of her business. She emailed me here a while back. She said, Mr. Gatehouse, I just don't have the time anymore to put together a show. And uh, I emailed her back and I said, I understand completely. I understand where you're coming from. I'm happy to have helped you in your cause, white Africans in, in, in South Africa who are being really treated bad by the predominantly black government there in South Africa. And Ricky uh, Rasmussen is trying her best to get that word out. And she has. She she had a, a lot of followers on the Gary Gatehouse radio show, all coming out, most of them coming out of South Africa, where the black government there really looks close at what people listen to and Internet. And it's it's really, a, really a scary situation there. But Ricky, it was a pleasure doing business with you. It was a pleasure carrying your show. And anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome. But I would like to put a request out to you individuals that listen to the show that have had prior prior radio experience, prior podcasting experience, prior commentary experience, etc. If you would like to generate and operate and run a 30 to 35 minute radio show, maybe two or three times a week, twice a week, whatever your schedule can handle. And you would like to have a, you have a particular movement out there on the, of the conservative vein. You have a particular organization that would like to get on the air and, and get the word out, a commentary, whatever. Drop me a line and let me know. Maybe we can put something together to carry you on my show as a feature, as I did Freedom in America Radio and as I did on all the other radio stations for Ricky Rasmussen's Our Voice coming out of South Africa. If you have a any conservative cause that you would like to get out and like to get your, your voice heard, feel free to drop me a call or drop me a line to start with at GaryGatehouse at Hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Once we uh, uh, connect up and touch base with each other and we uh, need to sort some things out, we can do that by phone line or cell phone, whatever. Uh, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to contact me if you feel that you have something that the American people need to hear, something that you want to get out, something that you can put together in a professional manner that we can put on the Gary Gatehouse show on the GAL network, which will be picked up. We'll be picked up by a lot of affiliate radio stations and heard all over the world. So again, if you're interested... Drop me a line at GaryGatehouse at Hush.com. We'll be back after a few short messages. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices. Some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. For the people in our military, it's a time of sacrifice and duty. That's why all four military aid societies have joined together to form the Armed Forces Relief Trust to help military families cope with financial and medical emergencies at home. With so many serving overseas, the need is greater than ever. You can learn more and donate at www.afrtrust.org. A message from the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
Well, welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like I said, Super Tuesday's coming up. It's just around the corner tomorrow. All you folks, make sure you get out there and vote. Regardless of who you're voting for, get out there and vote. You know, that's uh, one thing that we Americans take pride in, the fact that we can freely go to our bowl, uh, polling booths and vote. We don't have, a, have to have a purple thumb or anything like they did in Iraq. We just go vote. But you know the old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. And there are people out there that would dearly love to undermine the voting process to a point where there's a movement. You've heard. You've heard people talking about allowing illegal aliens to to vote. If that were ever to take place, that would just completely annihilate, wipe out one of the freedoms we Americans have and proud of. The fact that we as Americans, legal Americans, can vote. To allow illegals to step inside the voting booth, people that don't even belong in America, have broken our laws, who are living off the backs of American taxpayers, and are a great big pawn that the Congress and the members of Congress move around on the board. You know, it would completely... It would completely mess up the whole scheme of things when it comes to our country under the Constitution, how we operate as Americans. So get out there and vote and make damn sure if you have any House of Representatives person or senator that is one of those individuals that that advocate allowing illegals to vote or having illegals having driver's licenses, etc. Any perk that Americans have, any right that Americans have, make damn sure that you vote them out of office. We don't need people like that in office. We've got enough people outside the borders of this country trying to get in here to harm us. Let alone, you know, there are people in Congress that do not work within the confines of the oath that they took when they were elected into office. Whether it be in the House of Representatives, the Senate, or the Presidency. They do not operate within the confines and the things that the oath of office says they have to do. And the main thing that politicians are sworn to do under oath is protect the security of the United States and protect we the people against enemies both foreign and domestic. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen... Some of the domestic enemies we have reside in Congress. Let's face it. They are for no other reason, no other way of putting it. They are enemies of the American people. They are enemies of the American way of life. They are enemies of the Constitution. They're always trying to circumvent it. They don't pay attention to the Constitution and the laws laid out. They do not enforce laws that are on the books for immigration. We have sanctuary cities which actually operate out of the purview of the Constitution. They do not honor laws, immigration laws, yet they still are able to receive federal funding. Donald Trump said he's going to stop it, and I hope that is one of the first things he does, is stop sanctuary cities, the funding of. If they want to be their own city-state, which they are now, let them go ahead. Excommunicate them from the United States. Put them on their own. 
And you can do that. We can do that as an American people by raising hell and telling the next president, hopefully Donald Trump, do this. Shut these sanctuary cities down. If they don't abide by the laws that we, the rest of us abide by, then cut all, fe- all federal funding uh, away from them. Take it all away from them. Let them be on their own. See how long they last. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when you think about this vote, voting that's coming up this Super, Super Tuesday, it's very important. It's not just something that uh, is there. A, I can't say it's a duty to the American people because it's not required. You're not required to vote. But if you look at the whole scheme of things and if you look at the whole scenario and what's going on now, not to vote is a kick in the teeth to your way of life. It's moving one more brick out of the wall on how America is supposed to be. And if we keep moving bricks out of the wall, America's going to collapse on itself. And we're going to be in there with it. And that's something we don't want. So get out there and vote. Vote. And as Democrats, they'll vote often. They'll go up there and vote, and they'll vote often. They'll probably go from precinct to precinct. Uh, You know, you can't trust Democrats. They're always underhanded, sly weasels, if you ask me. We little sick little piggies. Just look at who their hero is or heroine is these days. Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, two communists. Can you believe that? The Democrat Party is running two communists for the White House. Doesn't seem to bother them. They don't like the word communism or communist. Hillary says, I'm a proud progressive. Well, progressive is just another word or brand for communists. Bernie Sanders says he's a socialist. He's a communist. But they're proud of it. And a lot of Democrats, a lot of Americans who say they are American, you're not an American. You are morally bankrupt, just like those two yokels running for the presidency on the Democrat side if you vote for them. If you stand up and stick your chest out and say, I vote for Hillary Clinton and I'm a Christian, you're not a Christian. Maybe in name only, but you're not a Christian. Unless you stand up for abortion, the undermining of the American people, the undermining of in God we trust, the whole nine yards. If you're against all of that, well then you are for Hillary Clinton. She is nothing but a a, a communist, always has been. From her earlier days, even her college days, she was known as Little Miss Commie. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, coming from the mouth of one who fought for my country along with millions of other guys and gals, I'm proud to say that I voted. I voted early. I live in Texas, so we're allowed to vote early down here, as in some other states. Myself, better half, family, Donald Trump, every one of us. And I hope to hell Mr. Trump cleans clock tomorrow. I really do. I know a lot of people say, how can you as a radio talk show host get behind one candidate? Well, you're seeing it and you're hearing it. I'm behind Donald Trump all the way. And all these factions out here that are trying to throw roadblocks and try to say things about Mr. Trump that aren't true, try to bring up past indiscretions, whatever, 
It's not stopping his popularity because the American people have found someone that will stand up against a political cartel in Washington, D.C. The same people in Washington that have been kicking the American people around for decades. We're tired of it. We don't want any more part of politicians. The mainstream media and the politicians still don't get that. They don't understand it. But I dare say they will shortly. Now, until uh, Wednesday, hump day, you've been listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition, Blue Monday, if you will, when we all go back to work, slide in behind our desks, in the catbird seat of driving a bulldozer, whatever the case may be, whatever you're doing today to earn money to keep yourself, your family going. God bless every one of you. God bless you. You know, folks, before I leave, I, I've got to take my hats off to two particular parts of the American people, two particular segments of the American population, one being the military and their families. Now, being an ex-military person myself with a family, I understand exactly what you folks in the military are going through. And I dare say the only ones that do are ex-military. We've been there and done that just like you have. The rest of the American people, for the most part, not all, but for the most part, don't have a dog in the fight and they don't understand all the sacrifices that military folks go through and their families and their children. Now, the other segment of the population that I'd like to tip my hat off to today are the American family itself especially the moms. The stay-at-home moms, the moms at work, all you moms out there, with your husbands, and single moms that are trying to raise families, trying to raise them in the American way, respect, honor, duty, love of country, Christian, good moral kids. I respect every one of you because I know in this day and age, It's not an easy task by any stretch of the imagination to raise children that will grow up eventually to be good young Americans. You look around at all the corruption and all that's going down, not just on television and the movies, but in the school itself. The curriculums that are being taught your children by the National Education Association, blessed by the Department of Education, owned and operated by the Democrat Communist Party. And your children still turn out to be great kids. That is all on you, parents. All on you. But I would like to remind you, once again, please, when your kids come home in the evenings and they have homework, take a little bit of time to sit down and look at what their homework's about. Have a, have a, take a, a chance to peruse through their school books and see what they're being taught. What their, uh, every aspect of their education. Because today, the left is using education more so than ever to corrupt your children. Please do that, parents. God bless every one of you. Until Wednesday, this is Gary Gatehouse saying, Good day. Amber waves of rain Fly
Yes, he did. Heavy brotherhood. 